yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and welcome to the left wing. Well, it's the final round of pool games in the Heineken Champions Cup this weekend. Now, as the timeline goes, we've got Leinster against Racing 92 at the Viva Stadium on Saturday with a 3.15 kickoff. Ulster play Sale Sharks in Belfast at 8 o'clock on Saturday night. On Sunday, Munster are in France to play Toulouse at 3.15 in the Challenge Cup. Connacht our way to Newcastle on Saturday at 5.30. Uh, Keen Tracy is here with us. Now we're getting you in between press conferences, Keen. so a tighter podcast today. We'll start with Toulouse against Munster on Sunday. Joey Carberry and Craig Casey have been named at half-back. Conor Murray's on the bench. So is Malachi Fekitoa and Ben Healy. No Keith Earls in the squad again. Uh, Jack Crowley has recovered from an ankle injury and stays in the centre. John Ryan comes into the front row with Roman Salanoa dropping to the bench. And John Hodnett is named in the back row with Jack O'Donoghue suspended. Yeah, I suppose the first one you were going to always look at is the, was the out-half selection. Now, I think if truth be told, I think it would have been very unfair and very very surprising if Joey Carberry had been dropped but then again we probably would have said the same thing about him being in the Ireland squad at the start of the week so um, I think it makes sense to to back him um, I don't look we discussed this in yesterday's pod tonight. I don't necessarily think he's been playing badly at all and I think if Graham Rowntree was to have started Jack Crowley there instead of him it would have made what is already a very, very tough week for him even worse. So um, no harm in putting an, an arm around his shoulder. And it's interesting, you know, I've been chatting to a couple of people and, you know, the, the kind of the first thing that comes to your mind is, oh, this is like, you know, what a terrible kind of game to be having to try and b- bounce back on a way to Toulouse. But I actually look at it the opposite way. Um, like if Joey Carberry goes to Toulouse away from home on Saturday against the top 14 leaders, and leads Munster to a victory like with a dominant display from 10, then he puts himself right back in the equation. Of course, he's not going to be there for the first game. There's nothing to say he, he couldn't make it in for Ireland's second Six Nations game and beyond. So I actually think it's a really great opportunity for him to, to go over there. He's going to be going up against Roman Entomac and Antoine Dupont. Obviously, France is 9 and 10. Like What better opportunity to prove a point to Andy Farrell because you know the likelihood is if if he doesn't get in he's going to be playing for Munster in the break weeks in the Six Nations and like I'm not sure how much stock Andy Farrell is going to put in those games because you're not going to have the internationals involved so this is a really really big game for Joey Carberry to to make his point. 
And he started um, against France in the Six Nations, mm. in last year's Six Nations as well. So, And he did well. He did well. And that, that's what kind of made it even more surprising that he, he got dropped from the squad because Andy Farrell has repeatedly kind of touched on that game and how well he did. And, you know, he saw out the two victories um, over the All Blacks in New Zealand last summer. I know in the third test, he only came on for about five minutes, but he's made a habit of being having been there for a lot of Ireland's big victories over the All Blacks over the years. And that has to count for something. But look, he, he has to work as way back now we, we discussed it enough on yesterday's podcast but I just think this is an ideal opportunity to to you know to start proving a point Andy Farrell because like I said the games that are during the Six Nations just are there's not as much stock is going to be put in them because they're, they're lesser games whether we whether we want to call it that or not like you know the URC the games when the internationals aren't there as good as the URC has been this um this season it's not to you know disregard the competition at all it's just the reality of when the Six Nations is on that's the only show in town and that's the only show that Joey Carberry wants to be involved with as well yeah no of course and as you said there, Toulouse have also named their team and, you know, the usual DuPont, Entomac, Searleby. So Munster are in sixth place in Pool B. We will have a better idea, Keen, what they need to do by Sunday after the games preceding them. Yeah, and that's actually um, a, a good help. Now, we were asking Mike Prendergast about this when we were down in Limerick on Wednesday and their attitude was they're not really going to be too overly focused on uh, results elsewhere. They're going over to Toulouse to try and win the game, which, you know, that's that's a brilliant attitude to have. Like, that is a classic Munster attitude to have rather than kind of looking at, you know, do we need just need a losing bonus point to scrape through here? You may as well go over there, all guns blazing. Like, Toulouse, as, as expected, have named an unbelievably strong team and, um, even I look at the bench and I see Joshua Brennan, Trevor Brennan's young fella. One of them is named on the bench. It'll be very interesting to see him coming off uh, the bench whenever he gets on. But yeah, just a, a team stacked full of unbelievably world-class talent. But this this Munster team have been in good form. They've showed that their, their game has moved on. And by the time they kick off on Sunday evening, they'll know what's required. But the attitude of going over there trying to win, like that's 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 all you can ask for really of this group. I don't think many people will be expecting them to, to win, if we're being honest. But how many times have we seen that from Munster over the years in Europe? Um, backs to the wall needing a needing a big victory but you know they might not need the big big victory when it comes down to it but certainly uh they don't want to be putting themselves in a position where they're kind of looking over their shoulder they need to control you know they need to control their own kind of destiny by by getting the job done i think yeah for sure um now ulster have their first home game in this season's competition as dan mcfarland reminded everyone uh, when they play sale sharks in belfast on saturday night no ian henderson here keen uh few changes as well you know Billy Burns is back at 10 uh, John Cooney's on the bench James Hume and Stuart McCluskey are in the centre what do you make of the team that McFarland has named for this one yeah, I'm not surprised to see um, certain guys in the back line in particular coming back in. I think the perhaps the reason that they didn't play last weekend um, was because the previous week they all played in Benetton, which was such a massive game for Ulster. And I think ordinarily, if the pressure had been off, you would have seen those guys not playing there. And then, of course, they didn't even get the win over in Italy. So it was kind of a, a, a double-edged sword, really. So it's no surprise to see most of the guys come back. Um I'm I'm not surprised to see Billy Burns come back, but I'm a little disappointed. I thought Ian Madigan played very well in La Rochelle. Um last weekend I think it was obviously like anyone who saw the game saw how tough it was uh, for for all the players to play but for a 10 particularly you know it was always going to be tough to bring control but I thought he did really well and 
you know, we've kind of seen with Billy Burns over the years that he hasn't quite cut the mustard when it comes to it. But Dan McFarland has nailed his colours to, to the mass. To, to me, in my mind, it's a bit of a blind spot, but um, it doesn't seem like he, he kind of has faith in, in anyone else playing in the, in the 10 position on a, on, a, on a regular basis. I think it's interesting to see Nathan Doe keep his place again, ahead of John Cooney. Um, John Cooney was running the running the water last weekend, which was uh, pretty interesting to see over in La Rochelle. So he's back on the bench, um, but Nathan Doe keeps his place. Like he, he doesn't seem to be featuring really in the Ireland conversations at all. There was a massive clamour uh, not that long ago to see him brought in, but he seems to not be in Andy Farrell's plans, certainly not for, for this World Cup. So this is a big game for the likes of him as well to, you know, put his hand up. And even, you know, James Hume and Michael Lowry, uh, Nick Timoney, um, three guys who would have hoped to have been in the Ireland squad. But again, as we discussed uh, on yesterday's podcast, Sinead, like, I mean, they can't really have justifiable claims when them, them, they themselves are not going well and neither are Ulster. But then on the flip side, you look at someone like Jacob Stockdale, who, like, this is a big, big chance for Jacob Stockdale to, to silence uh, a lot of the critics, I would say. I think he's the one person that plenty of people were surprised to see that uh, he was included in the Ireland squad. And you just feel like if Jacob Stockdale could just get that one moment, or like, you know, that one break, that one bounce of the ball, which he got so often in 2018, that, you know, it could really, really kickstart his career. Because I think people are too quick to, to write him off. I think it's interesting that Kieran Treadwell isn't starting again. And, you know, he's been dropped from the Ireland squad too. Um having been such a key player in New Zealand, as we discussed. But um, when you can't get into the Ulster team, I don't know if, if you can have that strong uh, claims to be in the Ireland squad. And it's from an Irish point of view, purely, it's a bit disappointing that Tom O'Toole is on the bench like Jeffrey Tumanga Allen has come in and he's he's done OK. But, you know, if you're talking about like kind of enhancing the depth behind Tyg Furlong, Tom O'Toole is certainly a guy who you'd like to be getting, you know, seen getting regular starts in the Champions Cup. But look, Dan McFarland clearly thinks that Tumanga Allen is, you know, the more experienced guy, the better guy for the job but you just hope that Tom O'Toole can maybe come off the bench and even I'm just looking here Rob Herring is on the bench as well and Tom Stewart has been putting a lot of pressure on Rob Herring this season. I think Rob Herring has a lot of credit in the bank. I mean, he's he's unlucky that he's in a way and he's around at the same time as Dan Sheehan and Roland Keller because they're just, I would say, elite uh, elite athletes. Um, Rob Herring's a different type of profile, usually very solid around the set piece, but maybe doesn't offer you that kind of ball carrying and the skills in open play. But Tom Stewart is is more, I would say, more in line with Keller and Sheehan. So it'll be very interesting to see um, how. Tom Stewart goes and how that kind of plays out over the course of the season because if Tom Stewart does edge his way ahead of Rob Herring in the the Ulster team going forward then he could be one to watch in terms of being a late bolter for Ireland as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, of course, the game between these teams finished 39 nil in round one in December. And look, Ulster had all those travel issues that, that day as well. So as it stands, they're 10th in Pool B and this could effectively be a knockout game between uh, these two teams uh, to make the last 16. Keen, we're going to move on to Leinster against Racing 92. Um, they play Saturday at the Viva Stadium, of course, going for their 16th win in a row in all competitions. Incredible. And a win would see them secure a home last 16 tie as top seeds in Pool A. Now, Jamie Osborne gets another chance in the centre and we mentioned there Stuart McCloskey but the way that Bundy Aki once again will not be playing for Connacht this weekend uh, which we'll get into in a few moments another good showing here by Osborne playing alongside Gary Ringrose if he goes well in the Ireland camp when he links up with the squad next week I mean who knows for the start of the Six Nations 
his progress has been amazing, really. And, you know, he's part of um, an unchanged uh, Leinster backline, which I think will be a massive help as well, because he's a guy who's clearly versatile enough to play across the backline, but accounts for so much when you're playing with the same people. So, like, he's playing outside Ross Byrne again. He's playing inside Gary Ringrose again. So, like, I mean, when you're developing those partnerships, it can only enhance you, particularly as a young guy who doesn't have the experience. So, yeah, like, if he... If he builds on his performance from last weekend, then he'll really, really be in the frame. Now, that said, I would I would fully expect the likes of Stuart McCloskey and Bundy Aki. You know, they've got so much credit in the bank of Andy Farrell, so I'd imagine that they'll be front and centre. But yeah, you'd, you'd never know. Um, I think it's interesting, like Leo Cullen, it, like they're in such a, a positive position, strong position that they can kind of, you know, just bring players in and out. So they've made three changes to the pack and they're all just by, they're all just a selection decisions, really just to freshen things up. You've got like Joe McCarthy, who's another one's going to be very interesting to see how he gets on. We discussed it yesterday as well, how highly Leinster and the Ireland coaches rate him. You've got Jack Conan coming back in at number eight, which means Caelan Doris goes to six. Um, I'm still, I, I still prefer Caelan Doris at number eight, I have to say, but it's another big opportunity for, for Jack Conan yeah, to, yeah. to, to make um, an impression. And then you have Ronan Keller. Like, what a luxury it is to be able to just bring in a guy like Ronan Keller and have someone like Dan Sheehan to come off the bench. So, um, we just had the press conference with Leo Cullen there and, you know, I was asking him if they put much stock in the first game because obviously it was such a blowout. It wasn't in Paris, it was in La Harve and, you know, Racing have blown a bit hot and cold this season. They actually came into that Leinster game, I think, on the back of five wins and were totally shocked, I would have said, by what Leinster brought. So I think there's a big crowd due at the Aviva Stadium tomorrow. There was upwards of 42,000 tickets the last time I heard. So it's going to be a big occasion and, yeah, plenty at stake for Leinster, like you said, Sinead, because this is all about... Leinster securing that top spot and basically playing at, in Dublin from the knockout stages until the final. Like you, you cannot put a price on that. It's so, so important. Leinster, as just as, as much as Ireland, are so difficult to beat at home. And if they're playing in Dublin from now until the end, it will take some team to stop them. Even though I do think there are a couple of chinks in the armor. I was writing about it earlier this week. I think it'll be interesting to see the set-piece battle tomorrow. Um, Rassing have picked a couple of big guys. The Leinster scrum has creaked without Tyg Furlong, I would have said in the last few weeks so um, I think it's a big game for Michael Alalatoa to kind of shore things up because he's been one I think who teams have been going after recently Yeah and a 6-2 split on the Leinster bench there mm. as well with uh, Scott Penny in there um, Who's Connor- making who's actually he's making his uh, Champions Cup debut which is amazing It's incredible It's amazing like, yeah, yeah, yeah like how long he's been around and how well he's been performing it's amazing to think that this is going to be his Champions Cup debut but it's fully deserved he's been really really consistent every time he's gotten a chance so Connacht against Newcastle in the Challenge Cup on Saturday evening at Kingston Park. As we mentioned earlier, Keane, no Bundy Aki in the Connacht squad again this week. Cahill Ford starts at 12. But Aki's continued absence just kind of adds more confusion about why exactly. Yeah, I was surprised. Like we were talking again, talking about this yesterday. I was a bit. I was kind of expecting at least Bundyaki to to be on the bench, but like purely because he needs game time before he heads into the Six Nations. But Carl Ford has been playing really well. Doesn't necessarily deserve to be dropped. But yeah, I suppose the longer he's out of the team, the more questions will be asked. But I still think when he goes into Ireland camp, it will be a bit of a clean slate, and he's delivered so often for Ireland in the past that you'd imagine, you know, whatever it is that's going on in Connacht and Andy Farrell will try and 
kind of put that to bed a little bit because like you said you know he was so important for Ireland off the bench against Australia last November so there's no doubt that when he comes in that he, he'll have a big role to play and could certainly it's it's certainly possible that he'll start in the Six Nations opener in Cardiff in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so Conor Fitzgerald starts at 10 and no Jack Carty. Good to see Adam Byrne back from injury and back in the wing. And we get another chance to see Mac Hansen at full back and that ain't no bad thing either. That's very interesting, actually, because like there is so much you know uncertainty around who Ireland's backup fifteen is, and it's interesting to see him getting back to back starts at fifteen now. Again, like Hugo Keenan is nailed on to be Ireland's fullback come to Six Nations, and I would still expect Mac Hansen to be on the wing. But there's no harm to you know show your versatility, and I think there was actually talks that Mac Hansen might get a run at out half at some time this season. Now that hasn't happened yet, but. You think of Andy Farrell and how he doesn't want his wingers to be tidy and stuff like that. And Mac Hansen probably embodies that in James Lowe more than anyone. So um, I think he'll get involved more with from, from fullback as well. And if he if he goes well, he obviously went well last weekend against Breve. Now there's only so much you could read into that. And, you know, Newcastle's interest has kind of long been ended in this competition too. So this is a great chance for Connacht to get a home advantage going into the knockout stages as well. And if they get a good draw, you know, you never know what happens. And that's a route back into the Champions Cup next season. They've they've really like kind of rotated their squad well, but also got the results. They haven't rotated and kind of sacrificed their results. So it's been really, really positive. And I think the confidence that they've built up in the Challenge Cup, they've taken back into the URC. So um, I would fully expect Connacht to go over there and get a win in Newcastle. And yeah, like I said, if they do, you never know. They, they, the path could open up. And also, let's not forget as well that the Challenge Cup final will be at the Aviva Stadium as well. So obviously it's not in Galway at the sports ground, but it's still in Ireland and that has to count for for something as well. It'll be the night before the Champions Cup final. So something to look forward to if Connors could make a run at it. So they're already into the last 16 of the Challenge Cup. Leinster are the same in the Champions Cup. Just just predictions there, finally, Keane. Um, like <clears throat> what do you think is going to happen for Munster and Ulster this weekend? Ooh, I, I think it's a huge ask for Munster. As well as they've been going, Like I just don't think they're far enough down the line to beat a Toulouse team that this strong I don't think they've lost in the top 14 um, this season they're they're flying high and you know we know their pedigree in Europe as well so um, yeah I think if Munster were to get a win over there it would be unbelievable for them but I just think that Toulouse team even what they the power that they have to roll off the bench that's a very very tough ask and I find it hard to have any confidence in Ulster, I have to say, at the moment. I know the kind of the narrative around last weekend was, you know, they, they played so well. And, you know, while they did, they still coughed up a, a late victory. And I think like that's kind of indicative of Ulster and their kind of soft underbelly a little bit. So Sale have been really impressive in the, the Premiership um, and in Europe this season. So uh, I think that's a tough ask as well. You mentioned it's their first game at home. You'd imagine there'd be a big crowd Um at Ravenhill, but yeah, I I would expect maybe Sale Sharks to edge that one as well. I think Sinead and obviously Leinster, uh, Leinster to get the job done and seal their kind of seeds as top spot, and hopefully Connacht get a win as well. Yeah, of course. And just a reminder as well that it's also the final round of the women's interpose tomorrow. Munster are in with the chance of winning back-to-back titles when they play Connacht at the Sports Ground at one o'clock on Saturday. That game is on TG Carr and Ulster play Leinster at Queens at five thirty. Keen, thanks for that. Where are you this weekend? I am here, back here at the Aviva. I'm talking to you from the Aviva Stadium at the moment, so I may as well just kind of pitch my tent. And Camp there for the night. Good Camp here for the stuff. night. Yeah, but should be a good game. Rassing have plenty of firepower. Just hope it's uh, more of a contest than it was in La Harve earlier in the season. Yeah, absolutely. Leinster were unreal that day. Well, Will and Luke will be here next week to look back on those European games and just see how those last 16 games shape up. Bye for now. This is an Irish independent podcast.